We are out here. Fuck y'all talking about. Sophisticated ignorance. Are y'all fucking crazy? That's a fact. Talk are y'all crazy? Yo, y'all get me tight. Like, I be out here trying to be humble. Let's not get fucking crazy. Sophisticated ignorance. Hello, everybody. What's good? Hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Vixen J. And your girl Rovi's here. Yes, she is. And we have a special guest on the show today. Very special. Very special. Ooh, look at us. We just gassing. <laughs> yes. We big gassing over here. <laughs> Don't step off. No brakes allowed. And, and we cut the brakes a long time ago. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, shit. Accident. Crash. Uh, no, oh. Anyway. <laughs> I took a turn. <laughs> Clean up on the interstate. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yes. Uh, sidebar. Uh, speaking of interstate, please pray for the people in Texas. They're having a rough time. Um, yeah. yeah. From what we've heard. Which is wild because it's Texas. You wouldn't think. Stuff like that. You would never. Up oh, here comes global warming. Yikes. Mm-mm. But yes, please uh, help out if you can. Anyway. Prayers go out. Prayer, thoughts and prayers. You know, you know the United States already. We're, we're good with thoughts and prayers. That's all we can offer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we do have a special guest. So please introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, I'm Ari Bynes. I am a blogger, an editor, a writer, a, just a digital creator overall. Yeah. And she says modestly. And I create things. Yeah, just a lot of black girl magic, just spewing. Period. There's just a lot of black girl magic all around every day. Love to see it. Love to see it. Well, thank you for joining us on today's program. Uh, thank you for having <laughs> me. Of course. Uh, re- before we get into today's topic, I just want to, you know, a little icebreaker. Everybody chill. You know, I, mean, I don't always like to just dive in. But yes, let's talk about You don't? So, you know what I was trying to say, and every single time I say something like that... Excuse me, excuse me. I'm reversing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Please reverse. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That would be a huge help. You're welcome. Thank you, friend. (laughs) I would say don't act up in front of company, but you already (laughs) act up regardless. So, this is just on brand for you. All right. Okay. Well, first things first, let's go through our word of the week. So who would like to go first? Um, Why don't you kick us off? Te- teach me how to kick me up, kick it off, y'all. Teach me how to do with this. <laughs> you, you, ju- you just say a word that described your week. It's not too hard. Okay, I'll start off. Um, the word of the week for me, on my behalf, was long. My week was a, a very long week. I, I felt like I was moving in slow motion. You know, I didn't feel as though I was pushing forward. It was just a, a long, long road. It was like certain moments in time during this week, I felt like it was um, stagnant. I felt like I didn't go anywhere because I was just doing the same thing every every day. So I didn't feel like, you know, one... I accomplished my own personal goals. You know, I wanted to do the gym every day this week. I did one, you know, I wanted to make sure all my meals were cooked, you know, I wanted to get gas, like it was just a very slow week for me, not saying that I didn't accomplish a a lot of my goals, it just was moving very gel-like, you know? Mm, I see, 
That happens. I mean, we are in the middle of a philanthropic, so, you know, yeah. things are going to be yeah. slow sometimes. No, 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 no. no. We're not going to do that, but I, 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 I wouldn't say I moved fast-paced, but it felt like very repetitive for me this week. How fast-paced are we talking? Um, I would usually say more so a nice three-legged rabbit. I'm sorry? Yeah. Three-legged rabbit. Do you know what those are? The ones that are not so fast, but not so slow, but we still make it. Yeah, but not turtle, turtle slow. Okay, thank you for the yeah. biology lesson. Uh, Don't do that. I didn't know <laughs> you needed it, but here we are. <laughs> okay, so Roby's a three-legged rabbit this week. Cool. Just this week, just for this week. Do not let the, um, the panther come out. Well, how did you switch animals? It was just this week. There's, uh, there's 52 weeks in a year, okay? So each week you're an animal. Each week it could be whatever you want to be. Don't try to confine people to certain mm-hmm. um, certain barriers that, you know, if they want to be a turtle one week and they want to be a unicorn the next, allow them the freedom to do so. Oh, you can be whatever animal you want. That's fine. I just want to know the rules so I can switch up whenever I would like to. There are no rules when, when somebody's living, and that's their proof. Okay. All right. Thank you for that lesson. I'll, I'll keep that in mind moving forward. All right. What about you? What word would describe your week? Uh, I guess like sluggish. Like. <laughs> Not another animal. You know what? <laughs> I, I just. What is going on? <laughs> you know what? I, I, think this, I think this segment was a bad idea. Everyone's week was just trash. Let's just say trash yeah, all around. Was, and listen. You know what? Maybe Mercury was in retrograde as well. Oh, don't, also, don't bring Mercury into this. That also plays a role. You know, the tides or the waves oh, are just girl. pulling us all down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that can factor to how people feel during the week. Just emotionally, mentally, physically drained. Like today, this week was a draining week. I don't know why. I can't pull mm-hmm. out specific reasons as to why, but I felt it. The residual was, I felt like I was very slow at my best. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, I feel like there's just, like, you never actually recovered after the weekend, so you're just going into, like, the next week feeling still tired from before. Like, I feel like we're more exhausted while we're home. We don't have, like, the separation of, like, the home and your workspace all the time, and so I feel like a lot of that has merged together, and so we're just, like, exhausted, and people are just demanding more of our time because they're taking advantage of the fact that we're all home. We have all this time, and it's like... Actually, there's only 24 hours in a day, and there's not that much time to Ooh. do anything outside of work. And you're singing, singing like, to the gospel. Most of the time that you need to be uh, awake and doing something is the time that you really should be spent asleep. And like, you have all of these like sleep companies who basically keep profiting off of this idea that like you just need eight hours of sleep when it's like, no, I'll, we're actually supposed to take just a lot of naps as humans, like. We're not built for this. It's just like capitalism that's forcing us to like feel this way. But that may, that's me getting off on a tangent. But that's why I always feel sluggish all the time. And I'm just pushing through. Gotcha. So long story short, the, the word is sluggish. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got we need, now, listen, you have to continue the, the trend. You can't just throw out some arbitrary word like, I feel very jubilant. You got to throw out an animal. <laughs> so I'm waiting. <laughs> Let's wait. I want to hear. And it can't mm-hmm. be any tiger or any, anything exotic. Something so wait, that so, is... 
<laughs> Something so, that's relatable to you. To match y'all energy, I have to name a low-level animal in order for the an- this. The to answer work. is yes. Okay, then my answer is sloth. Oh, sloth okay, is fair. That's sloth not the real on... answer, or that's not my real word, but just to match our energy, sloth. Okay, oh, we're not taking jacks. Was, well, what are you feeling? How you yeah, we, we can. I mean, no, my week was actually, I mean, it was a short-term week, but my week was cool. Like, Oh, you had a fast week? I didn't say fast. I said cool. I didn't, I didn't you said say shorter. Fast. It was shorter <laughs> because of the amount of days I had to work, but it wasn't short and fast. It was... Must be nice. Let's not, let's not do that. No, I, I it's, for the rest of us who work five days a week. Um, mm. Hi, how are you? My name is Ari Bynes. Um, how are you feeling today? The, the rest, rest of us that can't curve a Zoom meeting right. because you can't say I'm busy um, picking up the kids or something like that. Hey, mm. what's up? <laughs> this feels like a proper uh, tag teaming and I, I don't like it i don't like oh it. no 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 go ahead i'm sorry go ahead express express your um yourself your no, word in um, your week i so this week i would say my week my word is news i got a lot of new things and news in my corner at least so i got myself a new coffee table for my space and it makes me feel like more of an adult than before so that's cool and I got it for a very small uh, amount of money. So, you know, it's, it's style for less for me. And then I just found out, I was just talking to my mom, and I just found out that she got vaccinated. And oh. that threw me off guard. Not to say like oh my she, God. Not to say that she wouldn't have gotten vaccinated, but the way that she just said, like, yeah, so I recently got vaccinated. And, yeah, I just have to, um, you know, I guess wait for some type of paperwork to come in to make it official. And I was like, wow, congrats, mom. That's great. That's amazing. I'm really happy for you. Uh, and then I was wondering about my dad because he's usually very apprehensive about those things. And then she was like, mm. no, I talked to him and he's going to take it too. I was like, mm. wow. That's so good. Well, well look at these old Time heads. Time to uh, change Joining the program, you know? It's everybody else now. <laughs> That's awesome to about. hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got into a deeper conversation about people potentially faking the vaccine and faking the results so they could just hang out with people without a mask and that whole conspiracy-ish type mess. But for yeah. now, for now, it's nice that she got vaccinated and that she's able to, you know. That's awesome. Do all that fun stuff. Yeah, so, that's really dope. So shout outs to her. Uh, yeah, well, we'll all have to wait for our vaccines and then we can all hang out together without masks, apparently. I will probably still wear a mask. Um, I enjoy it. It helps me. <clears throat> even before COVID, hide what I really want to say because I am a facial speaker. Yes, you are. Um, not really uh, verbal. So mm-hmm, it helps mm-hmm. that I have a nice barrier to... Hide the to, face you know, journey. Hide the, um, mm-hmm. the grimaces, the smiles, the chuckles sometimes. you know, Even though we do need that for human um, communication and contact, um, it's best right now that we all... Um, mask ourselves just to protect ourselves. Yes, especially from your shade. We should protect especially, ourselves from oh, your oh, shade, shade by the facial expressions that Not you be making. Not shade. Oh, I, I don't think I shade. I, I just think that I am I'm well executed in my nonverbal cues. Ari, I do have to forewarn you. This girl has a very extensive vocabulary, so you're going to be getting hit with a lot of words that are over <laughs> 10 letters. Uh, so oh, don't, wow. don't let that intimidate you as a writer. You should be uh, familiar with her lexicon. 
And that's that. Ouch. Yeah. Ouchie. Noted. They, they call them silver dollar words, but uh, Noted. Yeah, there's that. I feel personally attacked. Well, <laughs> that's me on this podcast all the time. So, Ooh. Ooh. mood. <laughs> I, I think I want to change your animal to a python because <laughs> you're snappy today. Well, so, well, the magic of water, right? Anyway. <laughs> Gotta stay hydrated out here, son. Come on. You never know. If you stay ready, you won't have to what? Have to get get ready. There it is. Tabernacle A and men. Anyway, so let's get to our topic today, shall we? This is why I need a mask. (laughs) (laughs) This is when it comes in handy. Let's let's not do that. That's Mm -hmm. that's you're being rude. Let's not do that. Okay, so let's get into our topic, for real. Uh, so today we invited you, Ari, on to the show because we want to talk yes. about this topic that, honestly, like, this topic I've been kind of sitting on for a while because I wasn't sure how to approach it, and especially with it being a sensitive topic, I wanted to make sure that I did it justice by inviting on the right people to talk about this and also to give uh, someone like you, Ari, and the audience just understanding and the proper, I guess, consideration for this, right? So we're gonna be talking about the misconception of plus size people and and just all the stigmas that's been uh, floating around it uh, as of late. I mean, a lot of things happened like a couple of weeks ago, there's a lot of stories that came out that caused a lot of conversations in the plus size community, but I feel like, you know, this is one of those evergreen topics that are still happening all the time, regardless of, you know, like major news events and stuff. So I really just want to go into a deep dive of this type of conversation. And I learned a lot. Thanks. To, shout out to Clubhouse, because though I, have, I haven't been on there in some time, I learned a lot about this topic through some Clubhouse conversations. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about allyship. I learned a lot about me as a person who supports people in the plus size community, not necessarily centering myself in the conversation and allowing others in the community to speak. So I'm going to be doing my best not to say as much in this conversation, only because I just want to give the breath between you, Ari, and, and other people to, to talk. So, you know, uh, I think that's respectful in my regard. Um, so pat me on the back, joking, haha. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so I mean there's there's so much there's so much things to this conversation that I just want to address and we can rattle off. And uh I just want to get people's opinions cuz this is something that affects people every day and you know, it's something that should not be ignored. So, let's get started, right? So, one of the things that happened like a while back was there was a Cosmopolitan cover uh talking about plus size women specifically and fitness. And I know that is a very sensitive topic for certain people. So I kind of wanted to get you to weigh in on that and the misconceptions of plus size women in fitness, because there seems to be, not seems to be, there is a preconceived notion that plus size women or plus size people in general uh, don't take their fitness seriously. And that is completely false. So I want y'all to kind of share what are your experiences with your fitness journeys, if anything, and how you might have faced a level of, I guess, adversity? I guess that's the right word. Adversity in that, in that way. 
and how you kind of face it? Um, yeah, it's interesting because you can be the fat person who walks the, before COVID. You can be the fat person that walks into a gym and then you're still getting made fun of for doing the work that everybody else in the world wants you to do, which is lose weight. And so it's like, you can be in the gym and you're at your your size, your unapologetic size as it is, and you're still getting judged for it. So it's kind of like a damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I kind of learned that early on. I've made a rule where I don't, I don't look at numbers. My body will tell me how I feel and how, what it needs, what it doesn't need, what I've been eating too much of, because it'll like, my body will tell on me when I've been cheating or like been, I dipped into like eating pork when I'm like, I I cut off pork like ages ago, but then I'm, I'm like, Oh, I could just like die for like a juicy burger right now. But my body is so accustomed to not eating pork, for example, like I can't just go back to that. Like, that's like not, if you're lactose intolerant and you continue to eat cheese without taking lactate for that matter, you know, you're, you're going to mess up your body. Um, and I feel like everybody is so focused on weight being related to your health when that's that's literally like that's not even like a huge portion of the conversation. True. I, I, I will piggyback off of that. Um, one of my experiences, um, you know, going up and down with my weight, I was really skinny one time in my life during college and I got you know, really big again. And I, I went to the gym looking for a personal trainer and um, I signed up for one. And at the time, you know, you know, it, it was a male, I should say. Um, he was pushing me to do things, but in the same breath, looking at me and say, why aren't you doing this? And I know that there's like a certain level of training that trainers have to go through to help inspire um their clients to work out more, but he never gave me that. And that made me reflect on myself and say, hey, can I really do this? Am I am I fast enough? Do I have stamina? Do I have any agility? I felt like I could do this before. I used to dance without, you know, catching my breath and things like that. And in that same turnaround, I left that gym and went to another gym and I had a different trainer, which is I don't know if it's a, a male-female type of mentality, but I got a female trainer this time. And she she wasn't plus size, but she was very supportive. She'll go and say, hey, Rovi, um, you're lifting this. You're doing these squats. You're, you're hella strong. You're, you're strong as fuck. You know, you're fit. You know, you're not running out of breath when you jog. Like, you just need to, to maintain it. So having that support system is, is definitely key. You don't want to wake up and say, hey, I'm ready to lose a couple of pounds because, you know, I'm, I don't like how I look, not based on what society says, but I personally don't like how I look. I want to go. I want to shed some pounds. You don't want to go there and go to a gym that doesn't foster that same ideal that you have. And the first thing that you walk into is I don't want to um, put gender out there, but I'm not, I'm not frequently sure how male trainers know how to motivate female clients without just saying, hey, go ahead, good job, um, push forward. I um, I think that they need to get in tune to, to, to build up. It's like a slow progress. You should start off slow and say, hey, all right, maybe you can't do the, the bench press right now. We'll, we'll start you off on just doing resistance against your own body weight, you know, or we can um, 
do something different. But hearing my trainer saying, oh, you're strong, you're fit, you know, it, it helped me to realize, hell yeah, I'm strong. Yeah, I could, I could run 3.4 on the treadmill and feel good and not feel judgy next to the guy who's running at like six miles per hour. So I think the foundation of that, even when you're trying to get into healthcare and, and fitness and eating right and listening to your body, making sure that, you know, even though you can lift it, your body might say, I can't lift it right now based on your muscle contractions. There's, there's a lot of factors going into that. But going out there, putting yourself out there as a plus size woman, you you do need support, but you also need a sense of strength and a sense of what's right for me versus what's wrong for me. Because if I continued with my other trainer, I probably would have never gone back to the gym or tried to work out on my own. You know what I mean? And is that level of, I guess, you know, you compared like, uh, male trainers to women trainers, but I think from your example, it seems like there's a lack of judgment there or just like a lack of, I guess, how they evaluate you as their client that makes you well, kind of feel different? Well, I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if it's just this one guy in particular because I've seen other, my friends have male trainers who support them well and they just match well. We didn't match well. Like how he was trying to tell me to do things, um, it wasn't helping me. It made me feel even worse. It made me feel like I can't do this. I don't want to go to the gym. Why did I even try? I'm going to go home and chill on the couch, order a pizza and go back into my comfort level. And I know that's not where I wanted to be. I needed somebody to, to say, Hey, you are strong. You can do this. If you keep doing it, you will get better, you know? So what well, we just didn't match at that point, but going like, I mean, I'm a plus size girl, but they're, they're also bigger girls than me, I guess. And I, I seen, um, which is sad. I've seen some people like turn around, stop what they're doing and look at the big girl who walks in the gym. I'm like, why, why, why is all eyes on her right now? She's already feeling maybe, I'm not sure, but she's probably feeling very insecure, um, about even coming to the gym. And then as soon as she walks in a place that's supposed to help foster you to lose weight and say, what are you doing here? Of course she's going to be here because this is the place where she needs to lose weight, the place where she needs to build endurance, the place where she will want to get some kind of self-confidence because in today's world, plus size, even though it's glorified, there are still some people who say, hey, if you're fat, you're not healthy. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's funny enough. You mentioned the word healthy. I think that's another conversation that is not had enough. Like what does healthy look like? Right. And I think mm -hmm. we th feel that healthy means skinny or healthy means fit or healthy means all these things. And it's like, no, you as a plus size person, you could be more healthier than other people of other sizes. Right. It has nothing to do with your physical appearance. It has more to do with your diet and all these things. And I know that, you know, for certain people, they're able to manage that and others is not so easy. So, I mean, how do you two kind of define healthy in your own lives, but also towards the people that you kind of see in that same type of community? For me, healthy is, is directly related to, like, your blood work, um, not by your size or even your fitness level because somebody who's really fit, like, um, what's his name from Biggest Loser, fit as fuck, and he still suffered uh, cardiomyopathy. Like, th th there, are, there are certain, like, elements that align into your overall health. You know, your genetics play a huge part. Your daily living plays a huge part. Your diet, your blood work, um, 
even um, looking at fitness historically, um, the white skinny women, European descent, um, that was the ideal value to say, oh, you're skinnier. Um, I was just having a, a conversation with my colleague. He was saying, oh, everything white is better. Um, even back in the day, white sugar was deemed better. White bread was deemed better. And, and now today it's proven that those things are detrimental to your health. So, you know, using brown sugar, using brown bread with oats and, and grains and weeds, those are the things that, that also add on to your, your overall health, you know. And being fit is just something that you have to attain to, like going to the gym, having walks, um, being around people who help you eat better. I've been, I've, I, I had a struggle for a while. I used to love Ark. I used to love going to the corner store. I used to love going to the Chinese store. Um, when I was on the run, just go into the um, drive through Now I'm making it a bigger effort on my part to meal prep every Sunday so I can force myself to eat things that I have at home instead of going out and buying things that I know would not be healthy for me. And if I do take my blood work, would show up on the panel, hey, your cholesterol is a little high. Hey, your sugar is a little high. Um, and those things are linked to diabetes, hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, everything that's detrimental to black people it overall. So making that extra effort for me on my end is, is something that I want to push forward doing, you know, and, and being plus size, it's an extra set of eyes that's always on me because they're going to be like, oh, what is she eating today? Oh, she, maybe she shouldn't have that cheeseburger. You know, I'm not saying that I meal prep to do that to, to have people stop talking about me because I, I don't care what anyone says about me. Like, whatever. If I want a cheeseburger that day, I'll eat it. But in the overall long-term effects, I want to be here longer. I want to be able to have children in the future. These are things that I have for my personal goal. So I know that I need to eat more vegetables, be more active, um, drink more water, you know, the, the, the regular things that we're supposed to be doing, you know, I shouldn't have to go against the grain every single time. For sure. Ari, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, just similar to you, Ravi, like I try not to like limit myself to like a calorie chart or a calorie counter and getting like super nitpicky about those things because that can cause you a lot of other health issues that aren't mm -hmm. necessarily physical, but mental. And I've been dealing with my weight. I've been dealing with like I had an eating disorder when I was 10 years old, but like it's things like you know living around a bunch of skinny white girls and you're the only black girl you're the only fat girl mm -hmm. like it that takes a toll on you mentally and you kind of just shut yourself in and there are some people and i'm probably included in this who will continue to just eat eat ourselves away because we we just don't want anybody to even like look at us or even like talk to us and just question us even more about like what are we doing about our weight it's just like leave me alone i'm just the fat girl leave me alone um so like i've been dealing with like weight and and disorders like my whole life so it's like it's weird talking about health now because i'm still trying to figure it out and i don't really have a definition for it yet because i'm still i'm taking it day by day and i definitely think that my mental health definitely plays a part into my physical definitely health. Like, definitely you, you can easily like phase yourself out of wanting to work out or your depression takes over so it's like i can't wake i can't get out of bed today 
Um, and it's crazy because like I love yoga. That's like one of the things that I've been I've been doing in quarantine. It's like it helps me with my stress. It helps me with my anxiety, and it helps me lose weight as well. So it's just been like a great stress reliever. But there are those days when it's just like I can't get out of bed. Like I just cannot move right now and that can set you back on your own health goals so you're kind of playing this game of like backgammon or tennis where it's just like am i gonna am i gonna volley back with you know getting up the next day or am i just gonna you know let it pass me like and i'm kind of stagnant and i never get back uh up to, to like work out again you know it can get really discouraging and you just fall yeah. into those patterns again. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's important to remember that, you know, in, in your journey, whatever that looks like, you are going to fall, right? There are going to be moments where you are not going to be at 100%. Like, Rufi, what you were talking about at the beginning, where you're like, yeah, you went to go to the gym, but you only ended up going one time. Does that mean you're a failure? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Like, if anything, you know, you, you, attempt, you went to the gym. Right. You, you force yourself or you put yourself in that position. And if anything, then you'll just try again more. And if not, that's OK, too. You know, but at the end of the day, you pace yourself at your own level and you know what your goals are. Right. It's, Definitely. Not, anyone, it's not anyone dictating those goals for you. So I think when it comes to just the optics from the outside of how people view it, it's like, oh, if you're not constantly in the gym or if you don't have your like fitness weight goals, then you know, you're failing, or if you fell off of the gym one day of the week or something like that, then you're not taking it seriously. And also people outside of the community should keep in mind that, you know, I, I mean, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, in the concept of losing weight itself, um, being a plus size person, it's more your, your, I guess there's different incentives or different reasons, right? Reasons why you want to actually like lose weight it's not just for like a physical thing but it's for health so everyone has their different i guess intentions of why they want to actually lose weight and i think that all those reasons should be respected regardless of how people feel yeah definitely whether you want to lose weight just for the gram whether you want to lose weight for health whether you want to lose weight um to like some people have like fertility issues. Um, some people lose weight for again depression because that can manifest physically. <clears throat> um, you should just never stop. You know, I've been hey, I've been pushing for my ideal weight since two thousand and ten. So this has been a ten year journey for me. Oh, well, eleven year, about eleven year journey on and off. I have my peaks. I have my valleys. You know, I'm not going to stay in the um, valleys for too long. But I also um, take pride and have small victories because guess what? Those small victories build up for a momentum for me to keep going. So I, I, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I lost five pounds this week. All right, you know, I'm going to relax and have this cake. But then next week, I, I start crying to myself and say, damn, I shouldn't have had that cake. I put back the five pounds that I just lost, but I don't lose sight of the goal. I keep pushing forward. All right, you mm-hmm. ate this cake. That was your little reward. Still continue. Go to the class. Go online class. Do yoga. And even if you don't do yoga, you can meditate. There's so many different things that can just keep you going. The thing, the most important takeaway is don't stop. Just don't stop. Even if it takes you a month to recover, 
Don't stop. Maybe you need to recover for a month just to find your baseline and your foundation again and uh, hone into the reason why you're doing it into the first place. It might take longer for some versus others, but you just don't stop. Absolutely. No, I agree. That's dope. So through this conversation, I'm, I also want to get to the point of like owning your body image. Right. And I know that for some people that's taken a long time to kind of get to that place. So I'm just curious between you two, like when, when in your journey or when in your lives where it was like the first time you like actually owned your body for what it was and not allowed anyone else to like dictate that. Um, for me, it was when I, I actually got when my first journalism job. My um, editor at the time, she wanted to just give me a plus size column because I started a, like a body positivity blog um, and when I was in college. And it kind of was a riff off of that. And that was just a space for me to just say it like it was and say whatever everybody else wasn't say it, saying like there's a certain standard for plus size. Like if you're not an hourglass figure, get the fuck out. Like like the magazines don't want you like that's not the fl the plus size that people are looking for or mm -hmm. I, this whole idea that i should be grateful for sex because i'm fat like all of these like stigmas against plus size people were just like i was just like skewing them out just into the universe and it basically got me my first job and that's when i knew i could really own my body because i could talk about it in a way that was political could talk about it in the way that was personal and it would just it, it affected people and i knew that like that kind of just gave me the courage and the the confidence to be like you know what like the only reason y'all act like this is because of this 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 and this and i've laid it out on my blog right here so like fuck what you have to say because I have physical evidence as to why you do all the BS you do to fat people and why you're fat phobic in the first place. So kind of once you have reasoning to why people are so on you for your weight, it it's kind of freeing. Um I don't think that I've owned my um my plus siziness yet. I know that I'm beautiful and I have great confidence and I believe in myself, but um, I haven't owned it yet because, you know, I don't know if everybody knows, but of course my dad, I have a lot of um, feedback from my um, parentals, uh, more so than society. Like I know society's out there, scary, blah, blah, blah. But again, like, you know, Fixin and I had this conversation about home being our base and our security and you know, that's our, our place for, you know, feeling safe. And sometimes I don't feel safe at home. And of course, um, not, not unsafe in that sense, but you know, Caribbean people are just have wicked at the tongue and you have to have a very thick skin. So if I per se want to change my hair from Afro kinky, and then I want to put in a 30 inch straight piece, the first thing my father would tell me is, why do you want to fight for such European features so badly? And I'm like, wow, father, I just want to look good for the club. It's, it's really not, it's not as complex as he's trying to make it seem. But those little microaggressions that I get from him makes me doubt myself. So I can't really own who I am. So if I want to wear um, a two-piece top, he's going to say, 
why are you going out with your belly bong out? So, okay, right. I'm already self-confident about, you know, um, my body. So that just negatively affects me. So this is why I refrain from going and buying the cutoff tops or the ultra low jeans or the skirts that let my belly show. And then sometimes when I see on Instagram and TikTok, I see these girls who are bigger than me with, and you know, not saying that, that my self-confidence is shot, but I'm like, how are they having their bellies out? And my father is chastising me for mine. Like that, that's a, an ideal, you know, it comes from the home that you have to be able to own your own self like that. Even though you can talk to yourself a million times and say, hey, I'm beautiful. Hey, I'm smart. I won't let anybody negative thoughts affect my happiness. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it creeps in. And you try, you go to the store and you try on the dress and say, oh, it looks bomb. But hey, no, I don't like this one part of my body because, you know, somebody said something about it. So I'm still learning to own that. Um, I haven't fully yet. Again, I'm still on my my weight loss journey where I can just, you know, bust out, bust it, whatever, do whatever I want to do, take the pictures confidently, not hide behind a smile or my boobs or, you know, other features that I, I try to hide. Like I have huge breasts. I try to hide them my whole life. Like I, I, I never felt comfortable with them. Like they just, and nobody else in my family has such big boobs. Everybody else has ass and I have none. So that also makes me feel insignificant looking at other family members that are also plus size, but they're not plus size in the right way that you are. So it's like, so who am I? Like, wh where did I fit in? Did, did great granny from 2000 moons ago give me these boobs? And, I, and, and now I have to be the, the boo person in the family? Like, you, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to own my own body figure. Not, of, not for self-confidence, but because I want to be comfortable to, to, I guess, just show out. I could walk on the floor and be like, hey, yes, I got big boobs. What's the, what's the matter? What's the problem at hand? What's the task? Stop looking at my boobs. <laughs> yeah. Luke. No, you're absolutely right. And it's unfortunate that, well, yes, coming from a Caribbean background and with the parents, like Caribbean parents are more judgmental than the U.S. Supreme Court. 100%. Like, <laughs> 100%. Wow. Am I, I mean, it, 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 help, it helps combat Somebody say, ha, 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 you're fat. All right, my parents told me that and 10 times worse. <laughs> what else you got for me? Like, you know, it helps build that up, but it's like, I also want you to give me a soft blanket sometimes. Like, sometimes I do feel fat. Like, don't just be like, oh, you going and eat again? Famous words. Yeah, Famous that, words. that's not a healthy way to build confidence <laughs> through, uh, you know, toxic <laughs> backhanded compliments. <laughs> And I know, I know people like us, we like, you know, we grow like a hard bone to that because mm -hmm. like we hear it from home. So anybody else's insults, please just bounces right off of us. But yeah, that, that's not, that's not healthy. We, we should know that. <laughs> yeah. At all. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so we're talking about confidence, right? Confidence. And this is one of the topics that I've been seeing in these type of conversations and I want to break it down uh, properly. Right. So there's body positivity, which is a buzzword out there that a mm -hmm. lot of people use. And then there's body inclusivity. I'm pretty sure that you two have heard of these two terms and I don't think they're used interchangeably, but I realize that there is a difference. I think I heard somebody on the Internet say recently, like body positivity is similar to toxic positivity in the sense of, you know, it's OK if somebody is not OK with their body. 
and that just be the case where we Mm -hmm. feel like body positivity has to be like everyone has to accept their body exactly the way it is no matter what and if you don't then you know there's a problem with you you really have to reevaluate yourself and stuff and I'm, I'm just gonna I'm going to recall a quick story before I let you guys kind of talk about it but so in college uh my first my first like official girlfriend I had another girlfriend in college but um one of my girlfriends in college there was one time where you know we were just like hanging out and stuff like that and I know that at the time she was very uncomfortable with her body and I accepted her the way that she was and I think obviously at this time I wasn't as aware of body image and how it affected women in this case and I think I know I did something that looking back now was probably not the right idea but I recognized that she was having issues with accepting herself with the way that she was. And as a boyfriend, I wanted to try to force her to kind of see her the way that I saw her. So there was a time, there was a point where I wanted her to like look in the mirror and literally like take a look at herself. And she was very apprehensive in doing it. And it was like, no, just look at yourself in the mirror. I want you to see you the way that I see you, like beautiful and and wonderful and everything. And I caused her to do that and she kind of broke down a little bit and I felt so bad afterwards. So it's like, oh no, what did I do? I thought I was just trying to like instill a level of confidence or like at least make you like feel good about yourself. But as I said, looking back, that was a younger version of me. And on top of that, that was the worst idea I could have ever done in that moment because I wasn't allowing that person to accept themselves for who they were or in this case, that level of body positivity I wasn't allowing that person to accept themselves on their terms. I wanted them to accept themselves on my terms. And yeah. that was selfish of me. But at the time, I didn't recognize that. And obviously, through conversations... You're coming from a place, of a good place. You're coming from a good place, though. Yeah. I mean, my intentions were good. But I, once again, hearing the conversations more within the plus-size community, I realized... I'm, I'm realizing now that at that point... How you went about it was wrong. And that that wasn't my place to force her to see herself in a certain case. Because, you know, it was very selfish of me. And so it kind of goes back to the question of body positivity versus inclusivity. Like, what are the differences that people should know between those two terms? And how do you kind of... How do you feel that the narrative should be changed when it comes to body positivity, body inclusivity, or the other terms that are usually uh, brought up with those conversations? I don't know if there needs to be a distinct line. I'm not sure. Body positivity, I, th- I think it's just a reflection of self, right? It- it's, a- it's your se- self-reflection um, into society, and inclusivity is, um, I guess, society finding a way to include how somebody who... Sh- like short or tall or plus or skinny, um, include them, I guess, into the whole type of body positive light. You know, it's it's society's way of speaking on someone else's behalf uh, to be, I guess, inclusive in that aspect. Um, If I would change it, I don't think either... Why do we have to define what body positivity and body inclusivity... Is I think that that's 
further draws the line between what's accepted as being healthy versus what's not, what's versus ideal versus um, what's non-ideal. You know, by putting that barrier up, you, you're forcing people to, to pick, you know, what's good versus what's bad. You know, why does plus have to equate to something negative, you know, or why does um, inclusivity, uh, in that aspect, why does being short have to be something seen as negative? You know what I mean? So having those type of compartments forces us to further separate. I don't think it, it built, it puts us together at all. Um, for me, I would just dead both terms because this is, this is all brand new terms. Growing up, I didn't have to be forced to think about being body positive or have something inclusive in regards to, um, my body. Like, I, I didn't have to do that. I, I'm thankful that I went to a school where everybody um, didn't, like, shame you for, I guess, your weight. They shamed you for other things, like, you know, your money, um, where, where you come from, how you grew up. But, you know, they've been um, exposed, I guess. You know, a lot of, I, I don't even want to say that a lot of people know that they have somebody who's bigger than them. They have somebody who's smaller than them. So they know that there are different flavors of people in the world. So it wasn't something that had to be saying, Hey, you shouldn't make fun of this person because they're fat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you know what's so funny? I haven't been exposed to it, but, um, in my real life, like growing up in elementary school and then junior high school, like there were other things that were going on, but the majority of things that I've seen with like fat shaming came from like movies, like those little teen bopper movies. Like every time it was going off some kind of mean girls thing or yeah, it's like a teen boppery kind of thing that I've been exposed to. So I could, that made me aware that like, Oh, being fat is probably something that's not um, accepted in, in outside of my community. I'm not saying being fat is accepted in the community, in my community, but it's, um, it's not something that they're not accustomed to. We've seen bigger plus size um, people, men and women in the black community. In my neighborhood, there are multitudes of both. You can be skinny, you can be big, you could be in between. But it seemed like there was a problem whenever I watched a movie and they would throw tomatoes or they would ostracize the bigger person. That person doesn't get the role when they wanted to sing for something or act for something or run for president or... Um, any type of, any type of like role of leadership, they deemed like a, a bigger person could not do it. That was like the premise of every storyline until the person gets a fashion makeover and a, a beauty makeover and loses some weight, and then they're they're deemed um, acceptable for whatever position that they were trying to run for. So that that's just been my experience of looking at fat shaming. It's funny now. A lot of guys want those girls with huge butts now, toned, physique, BBWs. It's trending all over the place on, um, what you call it, Pornhub? Is it Pornhub? Yeah. Whatever it is. I don't know. It's trending. Like, all of that stuff is trending. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't watch Pornhub putting that out there. I'm just saying. Hashtag no judgment. <laughs> If you did research before this podcast, that is I didn't do any fine. research. I'm just saying I heard I heard through the grapevine that people like BBWs and they search for it on um whatever whatever your porn convenient site is whatever. Preferences. But I, I went off on a tangent with the porn. 
I'm putting myself in the corner. I'm dead. I mean, there's like everything that you said is like totally, totally valid, but it's like that, like that phobia. Like, I don't think a lot of people know this because, like, the body positivity movement was initially for black fat women because i mean you just said it roby like uh, people in our community like they don't they care but they don't really care they don't care to the extent where they're Mm -hmm. making movies about it but i'm sure a lot a lot of those mean girl movies those are Mm -hmm. those are white productions those are mostly white productions and i've gathered like the whole idea of fatness and why people hate fatness is because fatness is and was very often associated with blackness Mm. so any white person taking on a physical natural feature of black people how dare you whitey how how dare you you're supposed to be skinny that is a european yeah. trait you're not black and so it's just like it, it, it's just it's just it's really right. just anti-blackness whenever i see fat phobia of any kind because when you see it on a white person if you see it on you know a south asian person the story remains the same and it's just it's a deep disdain for its relation to black bodies um so like and that's something that has gotten well whitewashed over the years because and it's turned into that kind of like toxic positivity because black women black fat women no longer have the narrative of the body positive community and having started Mm. it in the first place so body inclusivity it i feel like that is kind of what people are starting to lean to because it includes it's not just about being fat it's about being short it's about being disabled it's about having invisible disabilities and it's just it's it's about your body if it's on you physically like we're gonna talk about it and you know i feel like the body positivity movement has kind of been very it has been gatekeeping but it's been gatekeeping because it never really allowed for the people that it was initially mm-hmm. for to speak. You know, that's so true. That I, is true. I, I don't know if I'm making a very loose comparison, but please correct me if I'm wrong. It feels very Black what? Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And probably I, no, I, I agree 100. percent And the thing is, we won't get a 600 pound show or a thousand pound sister show to benefit from it. All everybody else, everybody else will get there some you kind go. of show, some kind of additional help, there some you kind go. of bariatric weight loss surgery, which costs money. Again, I, like you said, Ari, it links back to um, to black versus white, basically. Because guess what? We're still going to be mm-hmm. suffering. There's not going to be people who's going to um, put forth money to help, you know, in our situation and decrease uh, the uh, the amount of fat people in the black community but no they will decrease the fat people in the white community to make sure that they are still up to date with the ideal fit of the european narrative right there you go there you go yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's sad but it's it's so it's so Mm. so so true so we should just dead these terms like i said I, i don't i don't know what the need is for the terms if the term was originally for black women and they took that away from us like they've taken so many other things away from us let's take it right back reclaim the word yeah that's really reclaiming my time reclaim the word yep. reclaim my time so what are, speaking Period. of reclaiming so what are the terms okay I, I don't know if this is a question i should ask i don't know i don't know 
I, I try to be very mindful of the phrases that I use when describing. You should know all the terms that you use because of your search results, no? Wow, sir. What is that? What is that supposed to mean, friend? I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. You know. I'm curious what what your terms are. I don't. I don't have terms. I am very mindful of the terms that I use when it comes to addressing people in the plus size community. But I know that certain people use terms like fat or big and stuff. And I feel like I'm not in a position to claim or own those words. So I'm curious, like what words. I guess are quote unquote acceptable or I guess for you, like what are the terms that you use for your own self that you're comfortable with that others shouldn't use? And this is not a question necessarily for me. I'm just talking more in the sense of, you know, I mean, a lot of people use these terms interchangeably and I don't know if they mean the same thing or the different. This is me asking out of curiosity, but hopefully someone listening should, you know, take something away from it too. No, I mean, it's definitely, it's all about, context like if you say oh look at that fat bitch over there like that's not gonna fly like no but like fat is it is a descriptor and if you you could just scroll through plus size tiktok and these people will literally tell you the same like fat is it's, it's a descriptor and i don't think it's a problem to use it but i definitely think that if you're not using it in a way that's actually effective to the conversation that you're having you can swap it out with something like plus size or you can use the terms extended sizing if you're like writing about like clothing or something. But I don't think that people are, I mean, it's, it's kind of like pronouns. Like you need to also ask, like, how mm -hmm. do you want to be identified? How do you want your body to be talked about? And I think that people don't really get to have that conversation on how they want their body to be discussed. So that's honestly a valid question to ask because I can't assume that somebody who's larger than me wants to be considered plus size or somebody larger than me wants to be considered curvy when that may not even be a fitting descriptor right. to them. That curvy you throws know? me for a loop every single time. Right. Because it's like, what are we really trying to say when we say curvy? Like, do we mean that we're talking about a thick person? Are we talking about somebody who looks mm -hmm. like Gabri Sidibe? Or are we talking about somebody that looks like Ashley Graham? Because the, these are two different experiences of what plus size, quote unquote, people are. And, you know, it's there. there's a range. And the people who the plus size people who do get the visibility are not the ones that really need to be benefiting off of the, the community and the, the mm -hmm. whole movement. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I like that. I like the fact that we touched colorism because I really wasn't sure how to bring it up. But we kind of touched on it already, which is very prominent in these conversations because, you know, as mm -hmm. you said, uh, people like Ashley, and granted these people aren't bad people, but, you know, um, it's these people who kind of have the benefits of colorism on their side in certain conversations where they're not, they're not, uh, they don't receive as much flack in, in certain regards than people of a darker hue, right? So now, you know, mm -hmm. but it's so, it sucks that there's so much division like there's so much subsets and division within the community that kind of causes that that separation and it's like in essence we you know everyone should be in the same community and supporting one another but the nuances coming from the outside of it create all these divisive stuff and how do you combat it you know like how do you actually combat it i mean at the end of the day you own yourself and you uh take the narrative or you own the narrative of your conversations but how how is that compared to other people who benefit from these different 
factions of like what plus size should look like and all these standards that we put on the community where everyone wants it to kind of be like a one no, no pun intended but one size fits all type narrative when that's literally not the case you know uh how do we do that i mean we don't have to solve that's not a question that we could answer and solve all right now but i mean for me of that's course. what i'm kind of curious about and it's you know I, I i personally wish that you know people who i guess talk about themselves as an ally quote unquote to the community are are really mindful of the different stories that come out of it and not just sticking to one narrative or or leaning towards one narrative because it's acceptable or it's comfortable. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm still on my my journey for making myself, you know, the best self that I can be. Um when people refer what oh, for me today, today in 2021, I've decided to just drop plus size. I used to use that as my um uh caption sometimes on my like Instagram and Facebook or whatnot. Now I've, I've incorporated the attractive size. So I don't put plus size anymore. I'm just like attractive size. What size are you? If my friends ask me, like if we're going on a trip and they want to get like matching shirts, what size do you wear? Attractive size. I, I just throw that out there just so they can know, Hey, like I'm still that girl. I'm still the shit. Like <laughs> period. I love that. I love that. Um, as far as combating it, I mean, it's it's about awareness and it, it's about like you you have to be comfortable and and firm in like what you believe in. And I know that it, it's hard to get people to mm-hmm. listen to you. I mean, we're all black. We we know what that's like. So, like, it's I'm a black fat woman. You know, that's it's just another day of a diff. It's another day of different oppression. Um, so you know we move we fight we try to get the people in power to listen to what we have to say and we hope that the people who do actually have the platforms that don't necessarily need them as plus size people that they will actually pass the mic and you know be about the shit that they're talking also um even back in the day I, i have to applaud now before when i was younger as a plus size child growing up like my mom used to take me to like Lane Bryant and Ashley Stewart, you know, those were like the the go-tos that I had to go to for things to fit me. But, you know, now, you know, I have to applaud like Nike, Adidas, um, Champs, Forever 21, ASOS, and Beyonce um, for including plus size now. Like, I'm like, oh my God, that dress is so cute. It can't even go over my shoulders. You know, and it was an extra large. So I'm like, is it really an extra large? Is who is it an extra large for? Is it only for curvy, quote unquote right. curvy? What about the people who are apple or pear shaped? I'm top heavy. I need something that can give me the maximum coverage front and back. Like, so I'm I'm happy for these brands, you know, to actually push forward and say, hey, everybody's of different flavors, different sizes, and you know, we have the, the options for you to do so. Because before it was so limited. It was very limited. When I mean limited, limited. Yes. <laughs> Not even Bobby's had a plus size. <laughs> like, for real, for real. Not Bobby's. <laughs> Bobby's is the shit. Come on. 
stop it. But I wonder, I wonder in that regard if it's a measure or an example of intent versus impact, right? Because because throughout the years with the plus size community growing and becoming more prominent in the media, I wonder if these companies realize like this is the trend that we need to jump on to, I guess, secure that market instead of kind of like leaning against it and not catering to people in the community. I just wonder if there's an intent versus impact there. I, I agree with the, the intent behind it. I think from the time, for me, this is just my own point of view, I feel as though as soon as Serena Williams stepped on the scene and she was like, this wagon is a dragon, they had to make things in order for to fit, you know what I mean? Because she she does not fit the frame of a typical tennis player with the same boxy frame, the same skirts that they have to wear, the same tops that they have to wear. No, my girl has TNA, you know? And it's gonna be all over the place. So they had to make sure they found a way that there was good coverage for her, one, because we can't over-sexualize her, of course, on the court have to have good support for her and making sure that she has a brand that everybody's going to want to buy from when they see her play. So intent was, was definitely a, a huge factor behind that. I, I think. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. That I mean, sense. that's just, that's just what I thought. That's what I've seen. Cause before then Nike wasn't throwing out plus size clothes for, they, they weren't throwing out no. any plus size clothes. I wanted a good Nike hoodie for years. Like I said, I'm top heavy. My boobs is just out there. I just wanted to have a nice fit when I wanted to go to school. All the other girls had it. I wanted to wear it with my jeans and a nice Nike hoodie. I couldn't. And I didn't. And I could have, you know, gone to the men's section, but I didn't want to. I wanted to buy women's clothing. Are you kidding me? I don't want to be just just as a man. Like, no. So until I saw that, you know, she became a, a brand ambassador things slowly started to change and I, I can I can buy some leggings that can fit over my butt. Mood. <laughs> yeah, that is a mood. That really is a mood okay. for me. I, I was considering... Real. I wouldn't go as far as saying like... Like, I had my big and tall phase back in the day. Oh, you and, have labels? <laughs> all right. No, but see, <laughs> no, but being big and t being considered big and tall back then, you know, especially for my age and height, uh, I had some struggles with fashion for quite some time. Uh, I don't know if y'all ever been to a big and tall XL store, but uh, the fashions, the fits, uh, it's very picnic table, mm -hmm. uh, lots of plaids, lots of checkers. Saturday service. It's giving me Frankenstein uh, and fine. Um, you know, I just. It wasn't a good time to, to shop in those type of places. Uh, so thankfully, I was able to, at some point later down the line, uh, just embrace my body and be able to like buy clothes that, you know, fit enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for so long, like I wanted to like be trendy and be fashionable. And it's just like, there were just certain places that did not carry my size, especially when it came to like sneakers or like certain things. And it was just like, well, you know what? This is sucks. This sucks big. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just had to embrace myself and realize, you know what? I don't need to be all dripped out. I just need to feel good in what I have on and feel good in myself when I look in the mirror. I used to be, at a, at a time, I used to kind of, like, struggle with my own body issues. In a, in a way, not entirely, but in a way where I didn't like the way I looked. 
and I think I was going like I, men, we don't really talk about much men in the plus size community also at all and granted and granted I, I, I do not no, consider we myself don't. plus we size don't. in that regard but I'm saying like men in the plus size community the, the conversations are very minimal because there is that gender of all right men are more accepted blah blah men are more accepted as big and if they are big that's then, true you know, there's an appeal there, and even if they are made fun of, that it's just like men have the quote-unquote automatic confidence that they can just bounce back. You know what I mean? And and plus, you have like other people in the media, like you know, like big rappers and stuff like that, that kind of carry themselves a certain, a certain way um, compared to like plus-size women rappers that you know are recognized for their talent, but you know, when it comes to looks, they're kind of like Lizzo. Obviously, oh my God, girl. Oh, yep. I let's mean, just, let's just get to it because I'm like, I who, just want people well, to leave Lizzo alone. <laughs> I, want, I was thinking about Missy Elliott, me too. actually. Well, I was thinking mi- about her. But Missy, Missy, I was feel one like of they people. forced her to lose weight after a while. She she tried to cover it up with saying it was health issues, but back in the day, I felt as though um, she was awesome. Even though she's uh, a great producer, I love everything. They've never even put her on the forefront as like quote unquote the sex symbol or in front of the camera if it wasn't her like her own song. So afterwards, it was like, oh my god, yeah, she lost weight. Oh yeah, we love her still. She's the greatest ever. But still, she's still not like put on a pedestal. I don't understand how. Because when, she, she, when I see Missy, I'm not even focused on her her body image. I'm focused on her extreme fucking talent. So I mean, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that i'm one of many people but no i think there's a real there's a huge difference in how missy elliott presented herself when she came out in the 90s and then there was a very different way that lizzo decided to you know present herself in the public when her music started blowing up and there were two different ways and there are two different times and unfortunately the women are gonna get critiqued regardless because even though even though missy elliott's trash bag outfit jumpsuit is iconic people were definitely talking crap about her doing it and now it's one of the most like revered outfits in music videos today and i definitely think the same is going to be the case for lizzo but like you're not like there's never going to be somebody not talking about black women's bodies if if a black woman is trending right now it don't matter if she's skinny i mean look at megan the stallion they're talking about her body all the time because she unapologetically embraces it and because Lizzo does it and is on a much physically bigger scale it's something to dissect because nobody's ever seen a a plus size fat woman be unapologetic about wearing a her ass cut out at a basketball game it's normal for me because my mom basically walks naked around the house like that was so normal for me I didn't even care like it was it's just so weird how like everybody just has to pick apart anything that has literally been done on a skinny woman. If it's that, that's woman, what it's I'm saying. Like, you know, we we had to wait it. until 2020 for Lizzo to be out there as a plus size woman wearing the same thing as skinnier women. Like if, if Missy Elliott, I feel as though she was boxed into that. Like maybe you should wear this instead of this. So people can focus on your talents. If Missy Elliott did that back in the day, mm-hmm. um, it would be it would be like yeah. I mean, we saw. And little Kim was skinny. Listen, little Kim <laughs> came out titties coming out all over the place. Who else um was very Foxy Brown? Foxy Brown was not a skinny girl, but she was yep. ridiculed 
for her over sexuality. Like, no matter what you do, somebody's going to talk about you and judge you. And, you know, we haven't elevated past this idea of just accepting people for who they are. We still can't. We just cannot do it. There, there has to be some kind of judgment. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I don't even want to, like, I mean, I don't want to be that typical person to say, uh, it's 2021, we should be over this, because we're not. Like, these things are oh, ingrained. No. These things are deeply ingrained, and it takes each individual to own their narrative in order to change the tide, I feel. You know? It's, it's not going to be a sweeping change, mm-hmm. or it's not going to be... It's, it's a very gradual change, but it's not going to be, like, a sweeping change overnight, where people are just going to magically accept, you know, uh, plus-size... Uh, black woman specifically, but just in general, like it's just not gonna happen. So, I think the only thing that could be done is say fuck it, own your narrative, own your truth, and not allow anyone else to change it. Easier said than done, but you know, pretty not impossible. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. Yeah. Word. So what? What are the? Word. What I, I want to end this thing off on on a great note because I, I love the conversation and once again thank you two for just you know chiming in with your opinions and thoughts and i i'm glad that i was able to sit back and listen but i want the audience at least to like have some good takeaways from this so what are some things that you could share with especially those who may be listening who are a part of the plus size community or consider themselves a part of it like what would be your takeaways uh that you could share with them to make it seem like yeah things are going to be all right fuck everybody Fuck everybody. <laughs> and let's just let's just end it right there. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Fuck everybody. You heard it here first. That's the title of this episode. Boom. Honestly, there it is. for real. <laughs> no, and I mean that in I mean that in like every way possible. Like, fuck everybody. Like, don't be afraid to be the fat girl that rides on top. Like, fuck everybody. And then like literally if anybody when the haters come, like, fuck them. Like, fuck everybody. Like you live you you harness your own energy you have one life you're gonna live it for these fat phobic motherfuckers no just don't no we don't have that much time left we're in covid and we're wasting time so no your life is too short fuck everybody those are my notes yeah i agree nothing else period okay i agree period yeah no she's pretty much said everything all right fuck Mm -hmm. them Fuck them all. When you go home and somebody try to fat shame you, fuck them all. You know? You you have to be able to, to be able to bounce back and have that resiliency because if not, they're gonna eat at you and weigh you down. No pun intended. But yeah. Period. Fuck them all. But but you know, if you do need a source of um positivity, um look to all the uh the, the great um Black sisters who've made it thus far, like uh, our Queen Latifahs, our um, um, Missy Elliotts, our Lizzo's, we're, they're living in their truth. And if you need somebody to um, to look up to or idolize or to just find some kind of inspiration from, you can look there and, and realize that, hey, you, we all are part of the struggle and we're all making it and we're going to be great and destined for greatness no matter what size we are, you know? Okay, and thank you all for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, once again, uh, thank you, Ari, for being on the show. Really appreciate thank you Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Yes, and I know this is a conversation that, you know, we 
I'm pretty sure that you've had a lot, but I, I just, I just really want our audience, and especially for someone like me, um, who is working on listening more. I want, I want people to listen more when it comes to these type of conversations. And, and especially if you're outside of this community or any type of community where you're under a role of allyship, to really just listen and not center yourself and not kind of put your experiences in front of someone else who needs that space. Uh, and this is, I feel like this episode is a good example of that and being able to really enter these conversations properly and it not being like a clubhouse room where everyone just has the mic and, you know, just says mm-hmm. bullshit or whatever without actually properly listening. So, yeah, I'm glad I was able to, as I said, sit here and listen to y'all and, you know, I hope people listening to this episode has taken something away from it as the conversation continues, you know? Word. Word. So, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. So yes, thank you all for listening. Ari, would you like to share with the audience where they can find yes. your ass? You can find me on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram. Yes. Yes. Oh no. You said oh, you yeah. said the wrong you said the wrong thing. You can find oh, me on no. Instagram. <laughs> all right. You two yeah, can follow each other and have a ball. Yeah. You know what? No. You know what? Vixen said he's going to do a TikTok. So we are going okay. to have to mm-hmm. say, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a dance. So we're going to, yeah, it's going to be fun. Here's a role that you have to slow down, okay? I I am on TikTok. I just happened to follow Ari recently because uh, you were... Wait, you're on TikTok and you didn't tell me? Okay, no, stop. I downloaded the app for work purposes, asterisk. Um, but I have not ticked or talked yet. So wow, I'm going to follow you. When I find you on there, I'll follow you too. And that'll be I'm the good. two people. I'm good. You have to show, you have to show. I just want to have uh, inclusivity with people who want to follow me. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Let's I'm dead. see. This is, this is why I don't do TikTok because it, it's ruining it. relationships. You will love it's it. You will love it. Honestly. <laughs> I bet I will, but I just need, <laughs> There's just so much apps I'm on right now, so I just need to I know. Ease my... There's a ton of apps, and I'm up every yeah. night. My God. See? Oh, See? fuck. There it is. I'm up every night. Yeah, no, I can't do it. Because like, you're busy I'll TikToking. Be on TikTok, and then 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, <laughs> yep. shit. Mm-hmm. Only until yeah, it says 20%. Until it flashes 20% left, then I realize what time it is, and I'm like, fuck. That's been me all <laughs> quarantine. Um, but yes, you can find me on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram at Ms. Vines. You can listen to my shenanigans on Twitter at Ari Vines. And yeah, that's it. Let's. Oh, and you can wa- read my blog about body positivity. It's called thebodybrat.com. And yes, thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yay. I really appreciate you. And yes, you can follow uh, Ari and myself and Rovi on our respective platforms. Um, don't follow me on TikTok yet because you're not going to see anything. Uh, uh, just <laughs> There's nothing to see. So follow at your own risk. Uh, <laughs> follow the podcast on Instagram, on our Twitter, and on, our, on, on your preferred podcast platforms. And make sure to you know, follow and listen and to share the episodes, uh, really do appreciate all the support and thank you all for, you know, commenting and chiming in. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And that will be it for this week. I really, really enjoy this episode.
Just gotta say. As do I. Me too. Yeah, it was good. Good, good stuff. Let's let's do let's. it again next time, shall we? All right, fantastic. Well, I'm signing off. All righty. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for Fine. listening. Later. Bye. Definitely sophisticated ignorance, and I'm fucking with it. <laughs>